Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. A massive and devastating wildfire ripped through Maui. The death toll may reach the hundreds. There are still many people missing. My heart goes out to all the people who have been displaced, and I hope everybody, uh, to the best that I can hope, I hope everybody's okay. I know that not everybody is, because as I mentioned, the death toll's going up. Right now, the president, Joe Biden, is being slammed because he's on vacation, chilling on the beach. When asked about Maui, he said, no comment. A massive disaster strikes an American city. People are dead. People are missing. I'm hearing reports of children missing and potentially many children dead. And this is what you get from Joe Biden. Why? Look, man, this guy never cared. He never cared. He was retired from the beginning. And they just needed a warm body to run for president. That's what they said in the Atlantic. Stay alive, Joe Biden. All we need is your corporeal form. So why would you actually expect Joe Biden to, say, fly to Hawaii right now to tour the damage, meet with officials, pledge relief, send funding? I'm not surprised. Billions of dollars are going to Ukraine and people in this country are suffering. Why? Well, you know, we have a border crisis, sent money to Ukraine instead. We have uh, plumbing problems in a bunch of cities. I think Pittsburgh, I think obviously uh, Flint, Michigan was the big story. Some say those may have been fixed already. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. We don't get funding for any of that. We have massive crime sprees, a viral video coming out this weekend of a, of a large gang raiding a mall and just stealing everything. Not literally everything, but everything they can. More funding for Ukraine. And that's where we're currently at. Here's a story from the New York Post. President Biden offered a stony hearted no comment Sunday when asked about the mounting death toll in the catastrophic Maui wildfire, the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century after sunning himself on a beach near his Delaware home. The commander in chief gave the unsympathetic non-answer as the death toll climbed to 96 late Sunday. After a couple hours on the Rehoboth beach, POTUS was asked about the rising death toll in Hawaii. Bloomberg reporter Justin Sink wrote on X, no comment, he said before heading home, added the White House correspondent who also posted a photo of Biden 80 lounging with a group of people in the distance. The grim tally which is expected to rise as search and rescue operations frantically continue, made the inferno Hawaii's worst natural disaster. 
It is now the deadliest U.S. wildfire since 1918, when 453 people died in the Cloquet Fire in Minnesota and Wisconsin, according to data from the National Fire Protection Association. This stuff boils my blood, but I'm just so I'm just at the point where what more can be said? The deadliest wildfire in more than a century. And Joe Biden chilling on the beach. Now, I understand there's not a whole lot the man can do, but there is stuff he can do. He can have meetings. He can talk with local leaders. He can meet with people in the U.S. federal government, say, what do we have to do to get funding and emergency services here now? Give me the briefing. Tell me what's up. And let me remind the American people that their president has them in mind in these trying times. At the very least, let's say Joe Biden filled all the paperwork, did everything right and said, we're all taken care of. I'm going to the beach. At the very least, when asked, he can say, you know, look, uh, we've done everything we can. I'm here with my family. We're relaxing on the beach because sometimes after a long day, you need to relax. But we don't. he could have at least said that. Not that it would have gone over the best, like I'm here vacationing. I think the president's allowed to take days off and vacation, but it's just remarkable. It's almost like he intentionally wants to spit in your face. Dude, if you don't want the job, don't take it. When you're president, you stand up before the American people in a time of crisis and say, as your leader, rest assured, we are doing everything in our power to find these missing people and children to send relief aid and help those displaced. Nah, not him. During a bike ride earlier Sunday, Biden gave a similar unfeeling answer when asked about the tragedy. We're looking at it, he said. Biden last week declared a major disaster on Maui, pledging the federal response will ensure that anyone who lost a loved one or whose home has been damaged or destroyed is going to get help immediately. But the president's tepid response this Sunday garnered quick backlash with some comparing them to his response to the toxic spill unleashed by a train derailment in East Palestine and Ohio earlier this year. Biden doesn't give a F about the suffering people of Maui, tweeted Monica Crowley, former U.S. Treasury Department assistant, secretary for public affairs during the Trump administration, or the suffering people of East Palestine, Ohio, or the suffering people in border towns or the suffering people anywhere in America. But you better believe Joe Biden cares deeply about the suffering people of Ukraine. I have an update here. And there's more to the story, too. Big uh, uh, viral conspiracy theories are running wild about what really happened. And there's a couple interesting ones. What started the fire in Maui? Well, as I joked last week, as much as there are many wild theories about what it may have been and hypotheses, it was probably some lady's cow kicking over a lantern. In reality, what they're saying is they think it was damaged power lines, which I got to be honest, sounds about right. And not only do you have that, there was apparently some messages. There was a post on Reddit got deleted. I don't know if it's true. Just someone posted a message saying that the talk on the island was that the fire department thought they had contained the fire early on. And so they left. And what is true is take a look at this from CNN. Hawaii has a robust emergency siren warning system. It sat silent during the deadly wildfires. Now, some may look at the absolute devastation. I got to be honest. When I saw these photos, I did not think fire. I thought bomb. I am not saying a bomb went off. We know there were fire. There's videos. There's people who's witnessed it and survived it. I'm saying the, ex- the damage of the fires was so massive and widespread. Cars on the road all burst into flames. You had massive winds. 
thousand degree fire on these buildings and it lit everything on fire. Man, there's crazy videos from I think like right here, there's people in the water for hours. Now, when I look at the devastation, sure, it does seem like something more than just a fire. But the reality may be this simple, my friends. By all means, let's go over the conspiracy theories. We get a new report from the South China Morning Post about China's advanced laser weapons. We've talked about there's a, a, a video of lasers actually cycling over Hawaii, specifically, I think Maui. Apparently, they were scanning lasers because they're not that powerful from a low orbit satellite with the intent of checking for uh, pollution. I don't know if I believe that. I think if anything, it's more likely to be some kind of LIDAR scanning probe to take a look at what's going on, uh, to to scan the island and get data, not just on air quality, but probably for military purposes. There's two principal conspiracies. I love this. The one that makes the most sense is that China attacked a Pacific city, a major economic hub and uh, not literal military base, but base of operations for economic activity in the Pacific. Which, look, if there's going to be war in the Pacific theater, this helps China. China having developed laser weapons, people are saying, it was China, they fired a laser. There's a bunch of fake photos online of a rocket launch that looks like a laser strike. But yo, you can't see lasers. Infrared lasers, the ones they actually use in military uh, and and for for militaristic purposes, you can't see. And there are ways you can make it visible. The the, the satellite photo that I talked about a, a moment ago was green. That's one conspiracy. The next is that the World Economic Forum Davos elite intentionally destroyed Maui to build a smart city. I just want to tell you guys, I I really don't think that one is, I I, I believe, out of the question. Is it in the realm of possibility? Like, well, it's physically possible. And like, you can believe in a grandiose conspiracy to create a smart city. It's not like they're saying that you know, wizards cast a spell and blew up the city or anything like that. I just think it's so incredibly unlikely. I would buy one million lottery tickets before I believe that was the case. But by all means, you can you can certainly believe that. And the reason why I don't believe that is because they already were making Maui a smart city. Look at this. This is from uh, McCain-Inc. Swarco, Maui's Smart City Solutions. We have this from uh, uh, Hitachi, Hawaii's goal for building a smart city. The fire stopped the smart city. If anything, the fire was bad for their smart city ambitions because that's what they were doing. So the conspiracy theory is that in order to seize the land to build their smart hub city, they had to buy it from people, but the people wouldn't sell. So they torch it all instead. And now people are forced to sell. I don't I'm sorry. That one's just it's it's too uh, convoluted. Now, if you were to tell me that China attacked Maui, that's actually relatively simple. Now, unfortunately, for all the conspiracy theorists, the simplest of solutions is damaged power line cause fire. High winds spread fire. It happens. To be like, well, we haven't had a fire this this bad in in 100 years means it's probably, nah. Look, I think the simplest solution here, the simplest reality is that power line started a fire. Now, it is very possible that it was a military strike. Why? Well, the U.S. is not going to come out right now and say, hello, everyone, we want you to be informed that China militaristically attacked one of our cities and raised it, killing 100 plus, maybe even hundreds of people, because we would have to declare. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? 
They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. War. And maybe China wants us to. Some argue that it was a false flag. And that eventually the U.S. will come out and say that China attacked us uh, uh, for the purpose of uh, creating a casus belli, a cause for war, so that we can then justify to the American people why we have to go to war with China. Uh, it's, it's, it's all a bit far-fetched. I got to be honest. The challenge is when the, the dust settles and we look back at this, we'll know for sure. Honestly, if I were to, if someone said to make a bet, if I was at the horse, horse races and they said, you know, here's a horse named Cow Knocks Over Lantern, Power Line Spark Fire, you know where I'm putting my money. I'm going to be like, you may not win the most, but you know what, what's going to you know, ultimately come out to be most likely downed power lines. We have this from Forbes. Conspiracy theorists go viral with claims space lasers are to blame for Hawaii fires. Now, I do want to point this out, though. From the South China Morning Post, Chinese military scientists claim to have achieved a huge breakthrough on laser weapon technology. Why would they publicly announce this literally a few days after this fire in Maui with conspiracy theories about these fires? Interesting timing. Two things. One, there's no way they just discovered this technology. They've had to have had it for a very, very long time. Uh, Now they're revealing to the world that they have these capabilities. The first thing may be that they have it. They've had it for a while and the technology is outdated. So they've publicly announced it. It could be that it's a new technology. It's very weak, but they want to see more. They want to bolster their military prowess as perceived by the rest of the world. So they can say we have a powerful new weapon. Ha ha. There's another possibility. I shouldn't say two. I should say three that uh, they're goading us. They actually used their space lasers to fire on Maui. Scientists in China have claimed a major breakthrough in laser weapons technology, potentially changing the face of battle. Now, here's the thing. Lasers range. Not that good. With this new technology, it, 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 uh, it's, a, it's an advanced cooling system, which can be great. And the reality is I'd assume they've had this for some time, as I mentioned. But the range is not going to be I don't think I don't think you could really pull off a low orbit laser strike right now. I could be wrong. Because again, military technology is probably way more advanced than we realized. And theoretically, if you had like a thousand satellites all aim their lasers to a single point, you could start small brush fires. Not that hard. Now you've got people believing, you've had them believing that Canada may have been started by, by uh, lasers and by space lasers and by arsonists. We know that some of the fires in Canada were started by arsonists. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure how many, but I mean, we even have videos of people in the West Coast starting fires. But uh, it, that one seems like a lightning strike. Look, man, I know everybody wants to believe that the world is like 
crazy war and everything and violence. It's funny that people will say like Tim's always saying, you know, that there's going to be World War Three and civil war and all that stuff. And I'm like, yes, because when China announces new weapons, when they send military fleets, naval fleets to our territory and they're going around U.S. Uh, territory, that is alarming. When you have the president trying to arrest a sitting political, uh, his, his chief political rival, that is alarming. But at the same time, nobody ever comes out and says, actually, Tim's being way more reasonable on this stuff and not arguing that China attacked us. Because I think the simple solution right now, if we were going to make look at the evidence, is probably just power lines start fires. It really is simplest. They want to come out with evidence that China did this. OK, then we'll entertain it. It is possible. And I think the probability is actually decent, but nowhere near the majority. Single digits. I know that's probably a lot. Five percent. I think the, the prospect of war with China is very, very real. And of course, China is going to make preemptive moves to damage our economic abilities and any kind of base of operations for human personnel anywhere. Here's what I want to here, here's what I want to say about this with the, uh, the story. Look at this. Someone, this is a CBK News tweeted, this photo is circulating social media. Apparently, this beam was captured before the Hawaii fires. Can anyone confirm? It is not true. That is a, I believe it's a SpaceX launch. Yeah, it's a 2019 SpaceX launch, long exposure. So what you're seeing is the, is the thrust. It's the blast from the rocket taking off on a long exposure photo. So you can see this beam. This is not what a laser strike would look like. There would not be this beam that appears like the beam appears to be like 50 to 70 feet wide based on the image. Lasers would be very, very small. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I think 10, 10 inches. I think the, the, the military laser that they had may have been like a 10 inch laser, like 10 inch in diameter. I mean, maybe even that even that's crazy, because you, if you're if you're trying to start a fire, you just need a super intense point. And so aiming multiple lasers from different satellites in one direction to amplify the energy transference to that point to start the fire, probably not that complicated to do, but it ain't going to look anything like this. Okay. Now, here's what I want to say. Why, why did this conspiracy theory emerge right away? Okay. Okay. I got a second conspiracy theory for all of you. Conspiracy, conspiracy. First, the simple solution, because people like conspiracy theories, because people want to believe that there's something crazier going on the bigger picture, there's a bigger story, when in reality, life is substantially much more boring than this. Power lines probably came down. There's another conspiracy for you that psyops, military operations, are putting out fake conspiracy theories to make anyone who entertains the possibility that it was a Chinese space laser seem insane. China announces a new laser weapon technology a few days after this massive fire. And people are claiming that China, ooh, China, look at this video. He's got lasers firing at you. China claims they have this powerful weapon right after they have uh, this major fire where people are claiming China did this. China may be trying to goad us. They may be trying to mock us by saying we have this technology. There's a whole lot going on. And I got to be honest, y'all ain't, y'all ain't going to know about it. We're not going to know about it. That's just the reality. High energy laser weapons can now operate infinitely thanks to a new cooling system that completely eliminates the buildup of waste heat. The technology could significantly change the face of battle by extending engagement times and increasing range and damage, researchers say. So we don't know. The conspiracy theory could be the conspiracy theory itself. Isn't that funny? But I don't think anything's accomplished for any of the people who are hurting by sitting here and complaining about whether China's lasers hit us or whatever. I do think talking about Joe Biden's inaction is something we can do to actually help people. 
Now, first and foremost, we should seek out ways to actually help those displaced. And there are powerful and wealthy individuals involved who are seeking to raise funds and they're donating a lot of their personal money to try and help those who are displaced. I respect it. It's, it's whatever, man. I'm not here to get political. You know, people are mad at Oprah and all that. If she's making donations, that's, that's fantastic. You've got a bunch of other celebrities who live on the island who say they're going to be working on relief efforts. Look, man, all I can do is say, please and thank you. Please do more. Please give as much as you can. Help these people. I think talking about Joe Biden and his vacationing is very important. Being the president of the United States is not an easy job. And it's not for the light of heart. And it ain't for the lazy. You want to be the president? Expect to work endlessly. They talk about how the presidency ages people. And they have a photo of Barack Obama before and Barack Obama after, and he looks aged and tired. And The Onion made the joke about Joe Biden. Once he got elected, they said winning the presidency already ages Joe Biden by 10 years, and it showed a rotted corpse. (laughs) That was brutal. It was really, really funny. But yeah, they say it's very stressful. Well, Joe Biden likes to vacation a lot. I think he spent half his time vacationing. He's at uh, Rehoboth Beach just chilling and uh, getting some sun with a smile on his face, laughing, probably having a nice Bud Light. And they say, Mr. President, there, there, we believe there's going to be hundreds dead as we, as we continue to, to uh, navigate this crisis. And he goes, no comment. Come on, man. You, you, don't, you don't get to just abandon. Like, it's a large nation with a lot of people. And this is a major disaster, a once in a century disaster. And you could not just forego vacation for one week, one week to put on a suit and stand up and say, we're trying, man. We're going to do everything we can. That is what we will always do. He could even say, you know, I'm supposed to go on vacation with my family. But I tell you this, there is nothing more important than the American people, their safety and security. And I, as president, will ensure that. And that is why. I am going to go and visit Hawaii to survey the damage and, and do everything I can to get relief sent to the people of Lahaina and to help stop the suffering. Instead, what did he do? I'm going to the beach. Ha! <laughs> okay. We have another story. Not that I, I, I don't know if it relates or anything, but this is from Raw's Alerts. Multiple firefighters are on scene battling a significant mulch fire. A huge fire. This is a crazy video. It's coming. It's coming. There's like a large mound of mulch that's burning. That's crazy. Okay, mulch so fire. I'm, I have a little bit of a different... I've moved to a different position. I'm about 30 feet away from the structure. I can feel the heat. Uh, you know, people really underestimate fires. Um, for those uh, that have ever been around large fires, building fires, you know, but a lot of people have not. When I was in Ferguson, I'm on West Florissant, the street where the rioters basically torched every single building. It was crazy. And I actually uh, saved a building from being burned, actually. Well, I passively did. I'll explain. But uh, driving on the road, 50 to a, probably 100 feet from a building, you could feel the heat as if you were right up to a fire because the fire is so big, the heat coming off it was insane. But actually, we were uh, down the street and someone tried setting a building on fire by placing a, a burning bag in the trash behind it. And as the cops were walking by, I was like, hey, they, they set a fire. And the cops came and put it out. And act, like other journalists were like, shut, the, shut up, dude, you're going to get us killed. Like if they hear you pointing that out and helping the cops. And I'm like, oh, shut up, dude. 
They're trying to set fires, you know, but I get it. But I get it. Really, really, I do. I don't know if this fire has anything to do with anything, to be completely honest, right? It's just another uh, component. But people are now pointing out that nearby Houston, they're building more smart cities. This is a story from Axios and Dallas, a model smart city project bears fruit. So I'll just say this. It is not a conspiracy that the president is a, is a garbage president who is ignoring the American people in the crisis. Whether or not this fire was caused by anything other than electric, electrical uh, malfunction, conspiracies, hypotheses, call it whatever you want. But I'll say this. If you come to me and tell me that the infrastructure of this country is crumbling, it's being mismanaged and everything's falling apart, and nobody cares, I'd say, yep, sounds about right. So when you have a video of 50 people raiding a mall and these raids are happening all over the country, society seems to be breaking down. Then you come to me and say power lines broken caused a major fire. I'd be like, yeah, expect more of it. Expect more mulch fires and power plants blowing up and houses exploding in Pittsburgh like we just saw. It's these things are happening because the system is breaking apart. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews, Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. But we shall see. We'll have more uh, news on this, obviously, later. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all at 1 p.m. on this channel in the next segment. I do believe that there is a great probability Donald Trump will be imprisoned. In the lighter sense, he may be jailed. The difference being imprisoned is convicted, sentenced, and then brought to a penitentiary. Whereas jailed is they will bring him to a holding cell where he will not be, out, be allowed to leave until a certain amount of time. Right now, it looks like the judge in the January 6th case wants to remand Donald Trump to custody, but they are refraining from doing so. Trump attacks federal judge overseeing the January 6th case just days after she slapped him with a protective order and warned against using inflammatory language, quote, she wants me behind bars. I believe the judge could have made a play to remand Trump to custody and didn't because it will help him win. I believe the judge personally and emotionally wants Trump behind bars, but that would be a tactical error in the 2024 election. I do believe that with the upcoming Georgia uh, indictments, which are looming in Fulton County, Donald Trump is going to be given a mugshot, brought to a jail cell. And we'll see. The challenge with it, of course, is Secret Service. But I have to wonder, if they can remand Trump to custody until this trial, they hobble him dramatically into the lead up of the Republican primaries, allowing other candidates to win. If Donald Trump can't rally, 
If he can't campaign, it's going to be really difficult. If Trump is convicted, they will move to take him off all of these ballots in many states, making it very hard for him to win. But we'll see. I don't know for sure. What I do know is that Donald Trump has been posting messages on truth, criticizing the judge, criticizing other individuals, and they're trying to use this as justification to lock him up. At the same time, in Georgia, a sheriff is vowing to get Trump's mugshot if he's indicted. And we now know they are making the case that Donald Trump's team breached the voting systems. These are the lies and the manipulations that are coming out. Oh, I love this story. I saw our good friend, old Krasenstein. I think I might have the tweet here. No, this election wizard. Brian Krasenstein says Fulton County DA Fannie Willis is in possession of emails and text messages which connect Trump's legal team to the breaches of the Coffee County, Georgia voting system, according to CNN. And uh, that's what you call framing. Framing. Because what people believe now is they say, you mean to tell me that Donald Trump hacked the election? Here's the real story. Donald Trump's legal team was trying to perform an audit on the Georgia ballots in in a variety of counties. An individual at Coffee County apparently gave them a written invitation That's exactly what CNN wrote, though they put it in quotes. I don't know what that means. I haven't seen the invitation, nor has CNN. The invitation was for the Trump legal team to come and view their voting systems, for which they are now calling it an illegal breach. I'm really confused by the story, I guess. But hey, the left is saying that Trump's team breached the the, uh, election system. I think it's lies and manipulation because they want to put Trump in jail. I've seen these polls on Twitter and they ask, do you think Trump will end up in prison? They all say no. They say like 80% no. And I'm just like, you think Donald Trump is going to be acquitted? Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Because in Georgia, I don't know, Miami, I don't know, federal district, we'll see. DC, he ain't getting acquitted in DC. New York, he ain't getting acquitted in New York. And then to the semantics of the debate in prison. OK, fair point. Maybe they put him on house arrest with an ankle bracelet. Fine. Then he's not technically in prison. Trump will be in some capacity arrested and unable to move about this country in all likelihood. Now, I do believe there is a strong possibility Trump will go to prison You see, people seem to think because they watch TV shows that prison, it's always a bunch of guys in orange jumpsuits shanking each other in the showers and there's gangs and there's white supremacists and all that. It's like, dude, Trump, if he does, would likely go to a day spa style minimum security prison for the ultra wealthy. They're going to say, we're taking you out of the game, but we can't risk anything happening to you, which would be martyrdom. So they're going to put him in a in a cushy day spot, you know, low minimum security prison where he'll play cards and watch TV and sit in his lounge chair. But this will give them the grounds to file lawsuits in a whole bunch of states to remove his name from the ballot. That's the play. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Former President Donald Trump attacked the federal judge overseeing the January 6th case just days after she warned him against making statements that might intimidate witnesses or impact the integrity of the trial. Well, how about I read for you the quote that Donald Trump posted? Election wizard says, Trump questions D.C. Judge Chutkin's impartiality, pointing to a quote wherein the judge said many J6ers mobbed the Capitol because they were ignorant and blindly loyal to one person who, by the way, 
remains free to this day. Tell me you think Trump is not going to jail. Tell me you think that Trump will get. I'll say, fine. I admit it's a bold play for this lady. Try and lock him up. But, yo, she's outright saying he should not be free before the court case. Donald Trump truthed. The following truth is a quote by highly partisan judge Tanya Chutkin angrily sentencing a J6er in October 2022. She obviously wants me behind bars, very biased and unfair. Quote, I see the videotapes. I see the footage of the flags and the signs that people were carrying and the hats they were wearing and the garb and the people who mobbed the Capitol were there in fealty, in loyalty to one man, not to the Constitution, of which most of the people who come before me seem woefully ignorant, not to the ideals of this country and not to the principles of democracy. It's a blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. What did she actually say? She said that because people who like Trump, this woman walked into a building who's being sentenced, Trump should not be free. These people are evil. They are depraved. That's it. End of story. By all means, call it the banality of evil. Call it ignorance. Call it whatever you want. I cannot imagine someone like this is unaware of what really happened as she sentences people to longer sentences than the prosecutors are even asking for. I believe this woman is depraved and maliciously evil. I believe she is emotionally satisfying her biases by seeking retribution on a group of people she does not understand, does not want to understand, and personally despises. That should not, this person should not be a judge. But here we are. Trump said in the language, she's highly partisan, very biased and unfair. He published an all caps quote by Chukin as she sentenced Christine Priola, a school occupational therapist who pleaded guilty to obstructing an official proceeding. One of the charges Trump is also facing. He posted about it around 1 a.m. Monday. Good timing. And then they read the Constitution. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they, they read the quote about the Constitution, of course. Here's an image of Christine Priola, who is holding a sign that says the children cry out for, uh, I can't read the bottom of it. And it appears, she appears to be in the Senate chamber. 15 month sentence. The judge also said she believed Priola was sincere in her regret before sentencing. She wrote in court, I do not like it when people break the law or take the law into their own hands. I do not want people out there acting like morons. I was one of those morons. I caused great harm to others and it caused a ripple effect that I can never undo. What a challenging world we live in. I cannot imagine being someone like Christine Priola. I don't know her exact circumstances. I don't know what she did on January 6th. We all know that there was a large amount of people that stormed the barricades, rushed to the front of the Capitol and started fighting with police officers. Some argue that they rushed to the front of the Capitol and then police instigated the fight. And yeah, I don't know if I care about that, to be completely honest. You, you tear down the barricades and storm in. If the cops respond with, with tear gas or something, I'm not surprised. Not like I like any of it, but people should not have breached the Capitol grounds. My question then for Christine Priola is, did she walk through the back like so many others? I don't know. So I won't comment specifically on her case because I don't know. We do know that the Q shaman, they call him, was given a guided tour by police. I'm exaggerating, of course, but he somehow got into the building. 
presumably when the police opened the door and let people in. And he asked police for directions where he followed them and they brought him to the Senate chamber. And then he goes to jail for it. Now, that's insane, isn't it? We all know this judge doesn't care about what's true. This judge hates you, hates Trump, hates his supporters and revels in the suffering of people she does not care for and hates. I love I love how they hold up these signs saying hate has no home here and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, you are the most hateful people ever. I think it's an interesting argument when far left extremists set fire to vehicles, the streets smashed windows on January 20th, 2017. I thought it was an interesting argument when the police said it was a conspiracy because they all wore black, shut up intending to do this. But the government ultimately lost. Why? The lawyers argued you cannot imprison an individual for wearing a hoodie and black jeans. That's what Antifa does. If you can't prove they committed the crime, you cannot charge them. But on January 6th, the inverse happens. They say people who were let into the building, you can charge because they were part of a mob. Now, how does that make sense? It does not. These people are evil, period. Have a nice day. This lady doesn't care that far left extremists storm the city thinking she knows what the Constitution means. No. She seeks retribution and she wants to see people she hates in pain. This is what we want to avoid with the Constitution, pitting one group against another in such a way. If far left extremists were innocent of the crimes they were charged with, then so be it. You're allowed to be a far left extremist. Just don't commit crimes. You can believe whatever you want to believe. The problem I see with all the people wearing black clad and going to uh, D.C. and rioting is that they all are aware of why they're engaging in this behavior. And it is conspiracy. They plan in advance. They tell everyone to wear all black hoodies and masks. And then they all show up wearing the same thing. Then when someone commits a crime, they can all say, we don't know who did it. That's their legal plan. But if you conspire together to obfuscate and obstruct the law, then conspiracy. But the prosecutors tried and lost, and the city was forced to pay out millions of dollars. Why did the city lose? Because I don't think they're actually intending on winning anyway. But this is where we're currently at now. Here's the tweet from Brian Krasenstein. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis is in possession of emails and text messages which connect Trump's legal team to the breaches of the Coffee County, Georgia voting system. The real story is that a couple guys showed up to an election office or something and asked for data. And they're calling it a breach. Take a look at this story from CNN so you can understand how they're trying to write history. Georgia prosecutors have messages showing Trump's team is behind voting system breach. Hmm. Investigators in the Georgia criminal probe have long suspected the breach was not an organic effort sprung from sympathetic Trump supporters in rural and heavily Republican Coffee County, a county Trump won by nearly 70 percent of the vote. They have gathered evidence indicating it was a top down push by Trump's team to access sensitive voting software, according to people familiar with the situation. Wow. So Trump's team breached the election office to get access to voting software. Heavens me. What does that really mean? Trump allies attempted to access voting systems after the 2020 election as part of the broader push to produce evidence, et cetera, et cetera. While Trump's January 2021 call to Secretary of State Brian Travisker is an effort, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. CNN, I am infuriated by this article. What do you mean access voting systems? Are you implying the Trump team hacked into their servers? That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? And then 
if you're bold enough and brave enough and you read all the way down. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What a letter of invitation. What is this? So buried way down here, it says six days before the Trump operatives gained unauthorized, unauthorized access to voting systems. The local elections official who allegedly helped facilitate the breach sent a written invitation to attorneys working for Trump. Okay, hold on there a minute. An election official working in Georgia invited the Trump team to look at their their voting systems. That's it. That's the story. So what's this breach? Oh, someone else determined it wasn't legally permitted to do that. So is it Trump's team's fault for reaching out saying, can we access these systems? Them saying, yes, come on in. They show up, take a look at the data and say, have a nice day. And you're like, that was Trump's team breaching this, the, the software. What? They were invited in by an official. That's crazy. Let's read more. Investigators have scrutinized the actions of various individuals who were involved, including Misty Hampton, a former Coffee County elections officials, official who authored the letter of invitation referenced in text messages and other documents. So an election official sent them a, a written letter of invitation. Amazing. And then they say, Rudy Giuliani, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they put written invitation in quotes. The group included Sullivan Strickler, a firm hired by Trump's attorneys to examine voting systems. So Trump hires a lawyer. The lawyers get invited by election officials. The lawyers then go over the election data and that's it. And now they're trying to criminally charge Trump. I will say it again. They're lying to you. They are evil and depraved, and they're trying to steal power. It is happening right before our eyes. CNN has not reviewed the substance of the invitation letter itself, only communications that confirm it was provided. So when they say Georgia prosecutors have messages showing Trump's team is behind voting system breach, here's the real headline. CNN, uh, uh, how about this? Trump team received invitation to review voting system software by election official. Now, is that news? My good friend, Brian Krasenstein. Now, look, I like the Krasensteins, right? They generate a lot of uh, engagement and interactivity and conversation on Twitter. It's a good thing. But come on, man. Is that the headline you're running with? For this reason, they seek to imprison Donald Trump. I find that truly incredible. So I started digging into this, looking at all these stories. Going back here, we have uh, the latest from 11 Alive. Coffee County election allegations could be part of Fulton indictments against Trump. Rico gives Fulton DA latitude to expand Trump case beyond Atlanta to Coffee County. You see, their headline a little weaker than CNN's. Here's the next one. Testimony ties Trump to Coffee County breach. Interesting from April. She's no ringleader, says attorney for fired Coffee County election official. Kathy Latham is seen opening the election office door, allowing unauthorized access to the secure area. So you mean there was more than one election official in Coffee County who allowed Trump's people in his the legal team that he hired? Let me break it down for you, ladies and gentlemen. An election official wrote a letter of invitation to Trump's legal team because he hired lawyers to review the software concerned that there was double counting or impropriety. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution says some ballots initially double counted in Fulton before recount. It really did happen. Almost 200 duplicates were found and removed thanks to a watchdog group. 
So Donald Trump's team says, hold on there a minute. Something fishy is going on. We'd like to review some of this data. An election official says, come on down. We'll let you on in and you can take a look for yourself. A different election official opens the door, allowing them to come in. And the media reports the Trump team breached their voting systems. I believe Donald Trump will find his way to a jail cell. This is what they want. Georgia wants the mugshot. Georgia's sheriff vows to get Trump's mugshot if he's indicted in Fulton County election case. And of course he will be. Look, Fulton County is is blue. But there are people that I just don't understand. They're saying Trump's not going to be convicted as if a jury in New York City is going to acquit Donald Trump of anything. They could come in and say, we're charging Trump with a felony because he once farted in an elevator and they're going to be like guilty. And they're going to call it disorderly conduct. They're going to say, look, farting this way was intended to disrupt and and offend people. It was battery. That's right. When he got in that elevator and passed wind, he was accosting the innocent people. And for that, we want two years. I'm exaggerating, of course. I'm making a joke. But you come on. They are twisting every single thing out of proportion. They're going to add this to insurrection. That is is the game plan. They're going to say Donald Trump not only called for the insurrection on January 6th, but he sent a team to breach our election systems to steal an election. Here's the real story. Donald Trump held a peaceful rally at the Ellipse in D.C. on January 6th, where he called for people to peacefully protest a permanent rally outside the building. On one side, saw no violence. Bad people that we don't like breached the barricade, stormed to the front of the building and started fighting with cops. Chaos ensued. It was a riot. It was terrible. Not an insurrection. There was no real plan. Trump was still speaking at the time when this happened. Donald Trump had his legal team investigate the voting systems because there were news stories of impropriety. That's it. Now, the federal government has claimed that Trump's lawyers are co-conspirators, that the people who were fanned into the building by police are violent insurrectionists, and Trump's lawyers who sought to investigate voter uh, voting discrepancies as reported by many mainstream publications, NewsGuard certified, of course, those were people engaging in an elections system breach. Wow. Talk about framing. We have a video of Joe Biden saying, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting a billion dollars. We have Devin Archer saying D.C. was called to help Burisma with getting the prosecutor off their backs. And a couple of weeks later, Biden flies out and does just that. I don't got to frame that any other way. Those are fact statements, more than a preponderance of evidence. And Joe Biden's a free man. I, I fear for this country based on how things are going. But I have to wonder if everything they're doing to Trump will just backfire. You imprison him, you lock him up. He just ends up winning. Now, granted, he's an old man. He's an old man. Come on, he's in his 70s. So we will see. I don't see Ron DeSantis being the guy to take this if Trump is knocked out. Maybe Vivek Ramaswamy. If Trump is hobbled, but still wins the nomination, I believe that the Democrats are hoping for this. Trump wins the GOP nomination as he's expected to. Then they do everything in their power to hobble him so he can't campaign. They get his name removed from many ballots so he can't earn votes. Because there are a lot of people who blindly vote Republican, don't think twice. And then they win. Quote unquote win. You take a look at some of these stories that came out in 2021. 
and in late 2020 about voting system irregularities. Yes, votes were double counted, 200. They needed to find 12,000. And that's exactly what Trump wanted to do. Trump was concerned. If not for this watchdog group, they would not have found duplicate vote counts. They found them, got them removed. Trump says to his legal team, I want to see if there are more. Often the lawsuits that were filed were thrown out on standing, not on merits, meaning of the lawsuits that were filed challenging the election, none of them were actually heard. Or I would say technically none of them were defeated. They were dismissed on standing. The merits were never heard. And this is where we are right now. This is why you have people who don't think Trump lost because, well, they blocked it all. You have people who believe that Trump really is still the president and that there's going to be military tribunals because the system is completely broken. I think Trump lost. I think there was impropriety. I think there were double counted votes. We can see it right here. I think the reality was Democrats shut everything down in Democrat cities, locked people in their homes, effectively torturing them with solitary confinement, screamed in their face all day, every day. The apocalypse apocalypse is here. It's Trump's fault. Took away sports, took away movies, COVID lockdown for a year and a half. And with people bashing their head on the wall, they said it's Trump's fault, went to their homes, knocked on the door and said, vote for Joe Biden. And the the important thing to understand is they did this in the swing states. They don't have that same ability for 2024. So they're doing this. I want you all to understand if the situation was hopeless, they would not be doing these things. The fact that they're doing all of this with trying to lock Trump up and they're lying about what's going on shows how terrified and desperate they are to arrest Trump. That's the last move in the playbook. You know, what you want to do before you go for the arrest is public manipulation, false flags, things like that. They're at the point where they're shaking so hard. They're like, just just arrest him. I don't know what to do. They're throwing everything at the wall, hoping that something sticks. That's how pathetic and desperate they are. If the conservative movement, Republicans, post-liberals, libertarians, because a lot of libertarians aren't to back Trump not passionately, but begrudgingly, if the ballot harvesting operation is put in place and the activists knock on doors and Scott Pressler and all of his team and the people he's inspired do their jobs, Trump wins. And then maybe he will get revenge firing so many of these corrupt individuals. It won't be perfect, but at least at least something. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Mark Zuckerberg has backed out of the cage fight match with Elon Musk. But he's trying to say that it's Elon Musk, in fact, who is bowing out of the fight. Why? Because Elon wanted to have a practice match because Elon might need surgery. None of this makes sense. I think Zuckerberg just doesn't want to do it. Maybe. I don't know. Here's the story. The post millennial says... On Sunday, Mark Zuckerberg backed out of the highly anticipated cage match between him and Elon Musk, accusing the Tesla CEO of not being serious enough about it. The Battle of the Billionaires was set to take place at an epic location in Rome, though an exact date had not yet been set. Mark Zuckerberg says, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious and it's time to move on. I offered a real date. Dana White offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery, 
and now asks to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If Elon ever gets serious about a real date and official event, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, time to move on. I'm going to focus on competing with people who take the sport seriously. Okay. Sounds to me like Zuckerberg doesn't want to do it. I got to be honest. You, you can make the, the, the point or the, the argument he's making. Elon isn't being clear and is producing a whole lot of noise or whatever. But I think that's just Elon. He tweeted out that they're working with Italy. They're going to do it in this special location. They've got a plan for it. And then Mark Zuckerberg comes out a few days later like, no, geez, oh, no, I can't do it now. Nah, I don't buy it. Mark Zuckerberg could have tweet, uh, threaded or whatever Instagram, I don't know whatever he's posting. Probably on threads. Threads is dead. I think Zuckerberg may have done this because he's trying to generate attention for threads, his Twitter alternative, which is dead. And he could have simply said, I look forward to the dates and the plan and everything. I'm not convinced it's going to happen, but I am here ready and waiting whenever Elon Musk sets a date. He could have said that. He could have said, I fear this event is being hyped up and won't happen. Just know that I'm ready whenever they set it up and I'm, you know, let me know. Instead, he's like, well, you know, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move. Why? Why not? Why? I think it's Zuckerberg backing up. Elon won't confirm a date. He says, I love this sport and I've already been and I've been ready to fight since the day Elon challenged me. If he ever agrees on an actual date, you'll hear it from me. Until then, please assume anything he says has not been agreed on. Not holding my breath for Elon, but I'll share details on my next fight when I'm ready. When I compete, I want to do it in a way that puts a spotlight on the elite athletes at the top of the game. You do that by working with professional organizations like the UFC or one to pull this off well and create a great card. Zuckerberg previously stated he was not holding his breath for Elon and that he was going to focus on competing against other opponents. I don't think Elon Musk wants to actually beat up Mark Zuckerberg. I think he was making a joke and then said it will be a fun event. He wants to do a practice bout because he's thinking more WWE than actual real fight, in my opinion. Now, by all means, rag on Elon if that's the case. I don't know. I think Elon's like, well, dude, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be a really cool event. I think it would be exciting and hilarious. Walter Isaacson with the inside information says, I got this text message from Elon at 4.44 a.m. Central Time showing a screenshot of some texts, uh, text messages in which he tells Mark Zuckerberg they should fight this Monday at Zuckerberg's home in Palo Alto. <laughs> he said, want to do a practice bout at your house next week? How does that seem not serious? Like, hey, I want to come over and, and we'll have a fight. Zuckerberg said, if you still want to do a real MMA fight, then you should train on your own and let me know when you're ready to compete. I don't want to keep hyping something that will never happen. So you should either decide you're going to do this and do it soon, or we should move on. Amazing. According to text messages obtained by Isaacson, Musk had asked Zuckerberg he would be open to holding a practice bout. Zuck declined and told Musk to train independently. Elon Musk previously tweeted this. The fight will be managed by uh, my and Zuck's foundation, not UFC. Live stream will be on this platform and meta. Everything in camera frame will be ancient Rome, so nothing modern at all. I spoke to the prime minister of Italy and minister, uh, minister of culture. They have agreed on an epic location. Everything done will pay respect to the past and present of Italy. All proceeds go to veterans and pediatric hospitals in Italy. Interesting. Yet Mark Zuckerberg says, no, no, it's got to be UFC. Well, I guess it's fair to say, you know, if you want to have this fight, you want to be the cream of the crop, the best of the best. It would be an honor and a privilege to have a title card, Mark Zuckerberg, and have that poster made and to fight in UFC. I think that's what Zuckerberg was, was counting on. 
And then he hears about some goofy show that's going to be in Italy. No respect, uh, no disrespect to Italy. I'm not saying that's it. That's goofy. I'm saying that it's going to be this thematic performative event. I think Elon's trying to make it fun. I think Mark Zuckerberg is taking this really seriously. So, you know, whatever. Vanity Fair says Elon Musk invites himself to to Mark Zuckerberg's house for MMA brawl. Based on a shared screenshot of text between the Silicon Valley Titans, Tesla boss is finally ready to face Meta CEO. You see how they do this? He didn't invite himself. He asked him. He said, can I come over? I love it. Well, here's the real reason all this is happening. Threads is dead. It's completely dead. Everybody signed up to take a look and then said boring and moved on. Forbes reports Meta's threads doesn't work because Elon Musk's Twitter is just worse, not dead. Yeah, even now the corporate press is forced to admit it. And this is from the end of July. They were all hyping, hyping up the Twitter killer, Mark Zuckerberg. We love Mark Zuckerberg now. Yeah, they're so angry that Twitter flipped from far left extremists to whatever Elon Musk is. They started claiming that Zuckerberg was cool. Well, on the day, first day of threads, everyone signed up. I signed up and I said, I'll take a look. And then I said, wow, this sucks. I'm scrolling. You know what I'm going to do? I always do. So I'm going to open threads right now. Hey, consider me an active user for the time being. I'm going to open threads and I'm going to see if there's anything going on that's worth reading about. All right. Let's see. We got, uh, oh, this is James Lindsay. All right. Uh, here, we, wait, wait. Oh, just reloaded. Uh, James Lindsay. James Lindsay. James Lindsay. James Lindsay. You post a lot. Charlie Kirk. James Lindsay. Uh, James Lindsay. Charlie Kirk. Okay. Uh, Charlie Kirk again. Charlie Kirk. Uh, R. Willie. He's a really great athlete. I like watching him. Newsmax. They, I, okay, here, here it comes. I knew it. Now, the dad jokes are SpongeBob. <laughs> Here's Huff World. Here's a commercial for Skate Light. I'm actually totally fine with the Skate Light commercial. I like skateboarding. Um, football, irrelevant. A guy shouting out his parents that I don't follow is in my feed. Uh, D Wade. I don't care about that football. Okay. You know, and, and this is my point. I do think they're improving. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting more Charlie Kirk and James Lindsay in my threads, but it's like uh, football. I never click on football on Instagram or anything else. Sorry, dudes. I don't watch football. I'll, I Super Bowl parties are awesome. Don't know anything about football for the most part. I know a basic amount. Of, I don't know a certain level of information, but this is my point. Threads is trash. Elon Musk knows it's trash, made a joke about it. They all said it was going to be a Twitter killer. I think Zuckerberg's a little bit salty. Forbes says, there are a number of stories about how despite an initial Instagram-based surge of thread signups, user retention has fallen sharply. Daily active users are down 70%, with time spent on the app down to four minutes or less than 20% of the 21 minutes users were spending near launch. You can blame a bunch of things. An algorithm-based timeline, called it, that was initially full of Instagram influencers, celebrities, and brands is cited as the main culprit. But as time has gone on, even with the feed becoming less bad, it's still not chronological. And the app is missing key features like a proper search function and even a working desktop version. You know, I don't care about dad jokes and SpongeBob and football. I'm not going to scroll an app. That's just a bunch of that. And then it was like, not, not, it's not in order. So I don't, let me tell you something. What is the purpose of sharing a small blurb of information? Relevance. Imagine right now if I tweeted something like the queen has died. No one's going to care. That happened a long time ago. I tweet right now. Donald Trump got on a phone call with the president of Ukraine like those years ago. What is the purpose of sending someone information if it's not relevant 
to anything right now. That's what they don't get. Now, even though it's not in chronological order, there still is. Okay, keep it within the day and show what's most relevant today. Fine. That could work. But still, my argument stands. I want to see what's happening now when I refresh now. I want to see the latest things people are saying, not what you think I should say. Twitter actually has a good feature with this for you and uh, chronological. So you can take a look at what they think you'd want to see. I actually hate the for you tab. I think it's garbage. I got to be honest. That's not how I consume Twitter. I'm looking for news reports, breaking information, and I like seeing the, the latest opinions on current news stories. The For You tab shows me stuff from hours ago or even the, the other day, and I'm just not interested in that. This is what, what sparks this whole thing off. It, it's, it, this is the, the basis of the story about whether or not they're going to fight. I'm not convinced the fight will happen, and it's because of Mark Zuckerberg. He wants a serious UFC fight. Elon Musk wants to do a big spectacle. But I think it's absurd for Mark to say that Elon's not serious when Elon was literally like, I'm going to come to your house. Okay, to be fair, he said, can I come to your house and let's have a practice bout? Not only that, but Musk going to Zuckerberg's house and hanging out is a good way to plan the event and figure out what the point of it's going to be. You are not pro fighters. Mark Zuckerberg, you're a blue belt. You're not world champ. This is the UFC. Oh, come on, dude. You know, this, this is why people make fun of Mark Zuckerberg. Elon Musk, we know, is like, I don't know, nerdy and dorky and goofy. The pro- Zuckerberg has that, but is also just too serious about it. Whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's a video that shocked millions around the world. Not really. I don't think anybody was shocked by it. You saw the videos? 50-plus people ransacking an L.A. Nordstrom store for over $100,000 worth of luxury goods. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to keep happening because they're not doing anything about it. Take a look at this tweet. I was shopping at Topanga Mall when this happened. They started stealing all the designer from Nordstrom's. First of all, they allow crime to happen. They won't go after these people. They won't be able to go after these people. There's no cultural cohesion anymore. Cities are breaking down. It's happening right before your eyes. At the highest level of politics, they're arresting their political rivals. Come on. The night is always darkest before the dawn, as they say. So I do think we are heading in a positive direction, but that doesn't mean we will not face hard times. Take a look at this video. Yeah, that noise is just that. ransacking everything. Crazy. Their employees don't really get back. They're running in wearing masks and black hoodies, just stealing whatever they can. No one will do anything about this. These people don't even care if they get caught. I saw a video where you had these guys stealing from a grocery store. They're not even wearing masks. They don't care. What are you going to do? The cops will do nothing. You see, these are not problems of law. They're problems of culture, which is why I scream about culture all day and night culture is fractured. I blame the internet largely, but for the most part, it is the fault of all of us. Now, of course, some people are more to blame than others, but for the most part, all of us, we don't talk to our neighbors anymore. 
We don't make it a habit of borrowing a cup of sugar. We don't go to church. Not that you have to. You have to be religious or anything. But that was a cultural hub where we would come together and we would build cultural cohesion. We don't fear being shunned anymore. There are people who live in neighborhoods who don't care what their neighbors think about them because they found community online. They are satisfying their social needs through the Internet. And that means the creepiest weirdos can find hubs and hives of creepy weirdos. And that means when it comes to these cities, these stores, nobody cares. There's no there's no cop for the most part. I'm not saying every cop that's going to go risk their lives to track down this dude who stole a hoodie. It's 50 bucks. Who cares? Now you can make the argument. Yeah, but it's 100 grand. OK, try Rico. Go after them as a criminal organization. Now you're going to try and figure out which one of them. You're going to figure out if any of them are, are organized in any way. And they're probably not. Probably some dude just said, I'm going to you, you guys want to go. It's like after high school or they're in high school after class. And they're like, hey, let's go. To, let's go to Nordstrom. And they show up. Sure. Some guy said, let's go do it. Maybe one person had the idea. But what are you going to do? Now, some believe that these gangs are highly organized and they're exploiting the fact that we have seen in the news over and over again in these Democrat run cities, you can walk into a CVS or a Walgreens or a Target store, shovel products into a garbage bag and walk on out. The good news, I guess, is that the guys in, in Stockton, California, the, the, uh, the, the Sikhs who stopped the guy from robbing the store are not going to be prosecuted. They were defending their store. There was a big public outcry. But I don't see this. I, I don't see this stuff stopping. I see it increasing. And you know what? It's breeding conspiracy theories. When I say conspiracy theory, I am not outright saying these theories are incorrect. But it is breeding conspiracy theories. The idea being, you want a smart city? You want to get rid of consumerism? You want to destroy cities? This is how you do it. I got some theories. I got some ideas. I'll tell you this. It's not the first time we've seen something like this with these photos of these people looting and ransacking. It's not the first time uh, uh, we've had mass gangs storming into stores like this. But I have to wonder. I tell you, I think cities suck. I used to love cities. Now I don't like them. I liked cities because they were cultural hubs. Now that's meaningless with the internet. I grew up in Chicago. I skateboarded and played music and Chicago sucks rather culturally. And so it's New York or it's LA, but LA seems to be a lot where the skateboarding was. Tried LA, bit spread out, but a lot of stuff going on. Found my way to New York. Went to Seattle and a few other cities. Lived in New York for, uh, how long did I live in New York for? Man, almost a decade. That's kind of crazy. I was there in 2011 with Occupy Wall Street. Left briefly for a year to go to Miami, but came back. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think it was like eight years altogether. Went to, you know, the South Jersey. And I started to realize that you, with the internet, you don't actually need to be in these cities to produce culture. Many people have become successful living in random places because they have access to the internet. And the internet is a, is a great place to build a community. But with cities, it got worse. Violent crime, vandalism, theft, uh, shootings, things like that. And, uh, oh, and racist cops, the left kept saying, but they never seem to solve these problems. Add on all of their complaints about climate change. And I just started to think, you know what, man, the people who live in these cities have stupid politics. They don't pay attention to the news. They, they complain about climate change, but they are the problem related to climate change. And they don't stop what they're doing. They have a problem with guns and they want to take your guns from you somewhere else. And I said, you know, these people are really dumb. Not every single person, obviously, but there's a lot of really dumb people voting in these cities. And here's where I'm at now. So in New York, you have a hyper concentration of waste 
chemicals and garbage. It smells like sour milk. The air is bad for you. People are generally unhappy. They walk super fast. It's just not the way humans are supposed to live. It got out of control. So you know what? I take those climate change arguments and I say, great, get people to move out of cities. That's kind of what they want. But we also hear from the World Economic Forum types, the Davos group, they want these 15 minute cities. In fact, they want to create pockets where you live and you never leave. That's the idea. Everything you need is in your 15 minute city. You will be in the middle of nowhere. You will not need access to any other part of the world because you'll all live in virtual reality and you will eat bug mush. They'll take bugs, they'll mush them up, and you will eat that. But they'll flavor it. Don't worry, it'll taste. It'll taste good, I guess. Or they'll put you in the Neuralink so they can make you taste whatever you want to taste. Is it really so bad? Really? Plug in the brain chip, and that cockroach tastes like chocolate cake. The cities are rather awful, and I wonder how much of this is intentionally being done, or how much of it is that we've just given up culturally. I think of the greatest generation of the generations before us, and they had, I don't know, social enforcement, right? If you talk about social enforcement now, you get looked at like some kind of demon or vampire. Now you have these people ransacking stores. The cops aren't going to do anything about it. They're going to say, what do you want us to do? Even though surveillance technology has never been greater, they will do nothing to stop it because they don't care. You know, a lot of these cops, a lot of these uh, security guys, uh, intel agency guys, anybody who could stop this, they're sitting around thinking like, dude, I don't care. It's not your shirt. The company's got insurance. That's what they'll say. But it's grains of sand building up a heap. As more and more of this stuff happens, what do you get? Hotels. Look at this. Wow. Wild mob of thieves ransack YSL luxury store in California. What are you going to get? The malls in uh, the mall in San Francisco shutting down. I don't think it's shutting down necessarily, but they, they are surrendering their lease. Two major hotels also surrendering. This precipitates a total shutdown. What happens when you have massive buildings, 100,000 square? I think it's like 30,000 square feet. No, actually, I think it's way more than that. It's got to be like 100,000 square feet. What happens when they're unoccupied? They fall into disrepair. Then you're going to get homeless people, drug users. These cities will become wastelands. And people will, will happen. What happened to these once great American cities? Yo, they were burnt to a crisp. Democrat policies, selfish individuals, self-righteousness, and people voting for trash. I love it. People are sharing around this video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying stuff like, when people are shoplifting, it's because they need bread. People ain't shoplifting here because they need bread. They're stealing designer clothing and no one is doing anything to stop it. The laws are designed to prevent the security guards at these stores from stopping these individuals. They'll sue and likely win. The cops aren't going to show up because it's too dangerous and they don't want to get involved. Why? For your massive corporate brand? Sorry, have a nice day. And thus, it all comes crashing down. You know where we, we were better off when we had the small business? When it was individuals running their own companies and everyone worked together. And you were scared that if you got caught doing something like this, you'd be shunned and ostracized, but not anymore. Now, you'll get away with it. The cops don't care and the politicians don't care. Anyone tries to stop you, they'll be called racist. If you, if the criminal attacks someone and that person defends themselves, they find themselves going to jail. That's why it feels like it's on purpose, but I don't think it is. I think it is social and cultural decay. An innocent bystander who is attacked and defends himself 
will submit to the police and say, look, I was defending myself because they're a law abiding citizen. Easy target for the cops to be like, OK, fine. But these criminals, the cops are going to be like they're dangerous, scary, and they ran away. So now you have anarcho tyranny. And you know what? So many of these Democrat voters keep voting for it because they don't learn. Fine, whatever. I got out of the cities. I walk outside. I got fresh apples. I got grapes, wine berries, blackberries, greenbrier berries. Apparently, we have crepe myrtle berries coming. And uh, those apparently don't taste too good. But they're uh, savory, apparently, and astringent. Mm, I don't know if I want to eat that. We also have, um, there's another berry nearby. They say it's citrusy and pepper. There's, there's berries all over the place. It's crazy. Fruit just growing all over. We can grow our own vegetables, grow our own fruits. We've got uh, cherry trees all over the property, cherries just everywhere. The chickens lay fresh eggs. Man, truly, it is a paradise. We're more self-sufficient. We have solar power. We have a septic system that's, for the most part, self-regulating. But you do got to get the guys to come out every once in a while to check up on it. Man, it's pretty good out here. It is. I wonder if that's why they want cities to crumble. Or perhaps cities are crumbling because they suck. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.